Greetings, Alpha Seekers. Uh, welcome to the Nugent Ventures podcast, which uh, continues on. Hoping to expand listenership. So today, I'm going to focus on Farm a Little, uh, which is a publication by Ed Silverman, who's a very well-respected reporter in the pharmaceutical uh, arena. He works for Stat Plus, which is a very respected publisher in that space, totally online, of course. So basically what he's doing is uh, some quick hits here. And I'm just going to use this forum to kind of capture it because it's a premium product and I'm sure he wouldn't appreciate me stealing it. But anyway, um, so our top story from Ed today is the White House is weighing whether to suspend intellectual property protections for COVID-19 vaccines and treatments in response to pressure from developing nations and subsequent support from progressive lawmakers. A temporary suspension of intellectual property protections would apply to all medical technologies to treat or prevent COVID-19. South Africa and India made a formal request to the WTO to waive the protections until the pandemic is over, but the issue was tabled without a resolution. Well, this is a revolting development. I see, though, that it's been tabled by WTO. And, you know, here you have the companies respond and basically save the world. And for their trouble, they get their intellectual property yanked. And you can imagine the horrid implications of that in terms of any private sector company doing R&D for anything that has any kind of a magnitude globally uh, on a large number of people uh, and then losing every dime that they invested in it. So, you know, that is a very, very dangerous precedent to set, even in light of the pandemic. And there are arguments to be made for, you know, vaccinating the world, but if the United States wants to do that, then it ought to pay for it because they print money, okay? So, um, you know, then you'll hear all the windfall profits and everything else. Now, there are some instances where the government funded the R&D, and, of course, we don't mention who gets credit for that. Um, Somehow the Biden administration is responsible for that. But... uh, we live in a magical thinking era where we have to believe three impossible things before breakfast, and that's one for today. Uh, but in any event, regardless, Uncle Sam paid for it. So if Uncle Sam paid for it, then, you know, Uncle Sam has a, a, a bigger claim on, on the IP if, if Uncle Sam decides to do that. But if Uncle Sam wanted to do that, Uncle Sam should have, should have said that up front. Because you're going to get to the point where the industry simply does not trust Uncle Sam. And the fewer people who trust Uncle Sam, uh, the less influence Uncle Sam will have. Now, here's a uh, 
possibility here. There's a company called Emergent Biosolutions, which makes the active ingredient in the vaccines. And I don't know where they stand on on this. You know, the other thing about this patent, uh, intellectual property confiscation, the hard part isn't actually the, the, the IP in this case. The hard part is making the stuff. It's very hard to make. And you have to have the supply chain and everything else. So it probably wouldn't even accomplish anything. But, you know, the progressives smell an opportunity to do what they want to do here, which is basically destroy the pharmaceutical industry and, and in effect, nationalize it, which they think is good, but which isn't good. Because if you take the profit motive out of things, then nobody does anything. And then you get a bunch of GS-14s trying to make wonder drugs. That's not how it works. Because they get paid whether they make anything or not. Uh, So, anyway. As in many things, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Eight feet thick. So, anyway, roll call reports... uh, EBS is the symbol. It's awaiting regulatory authorization, and its doses were not included in the paperwork J&J submitted uh, to the Food and Drug Administration. I guess Emergent just makes the active ingredient in the J&J vax, which hasn't even been approved yet. This means material Emergent makes would not be available for vaccines to be administered in the U.S. as it stands. And apparently, their EBS is subject to scrutiny for its ties to former government officials, while we know who that is. So they're part of the the witch hunt to, you know, punish anybody who ever wore a MAGA hat, I suppose. So, you know, everything is political in the brave new world, as I suppose it was in the old world. But J&J agreed to supply up to 400 million doses of COVID-19 vaccine to the African Union. Uh, And that's fine. If they want to agree to do it, uh, fine. But the AU agreed to buy it from J&J, AZ, AZN, I guess is AstraZeneca, and and Pfizer-BioNTech. The status of the talks with other companies isn't known. So, you know, if you want to give it to them at a lower price, that's fine. And a lot of companies have reference pricing, so they'll charge much less in countries where the GDP and the, uh, you know, personal income levels are much lower. That's fine if they decide to do it. But when you start suspending patents as a government, well, then, you know, the, the whole business is based on IP up front. And if you don't trust the government to to maintain the rule of law, then guess what? You're not going to do it anymore. Or you're going to go someplace else and do it. God knows where these days. Now, let's see what Russia's doing. Our former communist adversaries are now, of course, more capitalist than, than we are. And that tells you all you need to know, by the way, about communism and how that worked. A controversial plan to sell Russia's Sputnik V COVID-19 vaccine, I love that they called it Sputnik, you know, to wealthy citizens in Pakistan, wealthy citizens, has been put on hold following a dispute between the government and Ali Gohar Pharmaceutical, a private company involved 
over the vaccine sale price. Health Policy Watch reports public health experts have expressed concerns that a two-tier system could lead to corruption and would deepen inequality. Gee, that sounds familiar. Allowing wealthy citizens who can pay to move to the front of the vaccination queue. Well, you know, sometimes the market mechanism isn't totally appropriate, but, you know, what would happen if the the rich people got their vaccine first and then you progressively lowered the price. Let's just say that this was a private market, which it isn't. Okay, like 1% of people are rich, right? Or maybe, you know, 10, take whatever you want. So they'd get their vax and they'd be fine. And then the companies would say, well, we've got the rest of the market. What are we going to do? I guess we'll have to lower the price and so forth and so on. And eventually everybody'd have it, right? And they might end up, you know, at some point the government would say, well, we're going to pay for it at Medicaid rates. And they'd say, okay, fine. Well, that would ration it just about as effectively as it's been rationed right now because, you know, the most vulnerable people would pay any price to get it. I'd pay any price to get it, but I don't even know if I paid. You know, I had Medicare, fine. Well, what you're going to end up with is Medicare for all, and that may be all well and good. And then everybody gets it for, quote, free, unquote. And and you're almost at the point where it is, quote, free, unquote, because they can just print the money. So anyway. However, the the government is now contemplating the largest tax increase since 1942 and the largest peacetime uh, tax increase ever, unless we're at war with somebody and the enemy has not been announced. So... Well, I know who we're at war at, but anyway. So anyway, you know, the Russians aren't giving this away. Um, And I don't know what the Chinese are doing. I think maybe they're giving it away. But, you know, whenever, whenever there's no charge for the product, guess what? You're the product. And they're buying influence, political uh, value. What we're doing, I have no idea. I mean, we might get some kudos if we gave away the vaccine, but, you know, people have short memories. The president of Regeneron Pharmaceuticals, REGN, received special acts. Uh, oh, Cuomo. What is this? The president of Regeneron, which has long standing ties to Andrew Cuomo, received special access to testing last spring. So, you know, these men of the people take care of their rich friends. And that's the way the world works, you know? I mean, get over it. Could a decades-old antidepressant be a secret weapon against COVID-19? Asks Ed. Oh, asks Kaiser Health News. There's a drug called fluvoxamine, which is typically prescribed for OCD, Uh, prevented serious illness in all participants in the trials who took the pills. Cost 10 bucks for two weeks. Um, And there's hurdles to full evaluation, which means that somebody has to run trials to get indication on it, and since it's generic, nobody's going to pay to do that. So, you know, are you going to have the government run trials at its own expense? Possibly. I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. 
And there's a report here about a French company fined $3.2 million. Uh, this is a drug called Mediator. Mediator? I don't know how they pronounce it in French. Which is an amphetamine derivative licensed as a diabetes treatment, but was used for weight loss. And people died. I think 2,000 people. Stay away from those weight loss pills. Now here's a weird story. A former top lobbyist at Lilly has filed a lawsuit accusing an executive and a senior manager at the drug company of sexual harassment and discrimination, as well as retaliation against several women in its D.C. office. Sonia Elling alleged that Lee Ann, now this, I'm just going to spell her name. I think it's a her. (laughs) P-U-S-E-Y. I'm not going to pronounce that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, senior VP for Corporate Affairs repeatedly made sexist remarks, undermined her authority, and subjected her to a sexually hostile work environment. So if I'm getting this right, it looks like it's a same-sex sexual harassment suit, which is interesting. J&J is coming under fire from investors who are raising questions about companies that give their chief executives hefty pay raises despite facing billions of dollars in legal costs over their role in the U.S. opioid crisis. Opioid crisis. Well, I think they ended up buying something that had some baggage. J&J is a good company. Let's see... Here's a good news story. Uh, pharmaceutical researchers are turning to technology to broaden access to experimental treatments and make clinical trials more equitable. How? Oh, in terms of their inclusion of minorities. So you can do wearable devices and telemedicine, enabling patients to participate in studies from their homes, uh, mine electronic health records to discover people, which is all... Good, but the the lens you're going to have to view almost everything these days is in terms of equity and inclusion and diversity. And the Fed is is included in that, by the way. I mean, they're going to be managing monetary policy based on diversity and inclusion, which basically means when you do the demographic breakouts of unemployment levels, you're going to work to the lowest breakout, which means... Stimmy forever and low rates forever, I think. I don't know. But, you know, it's not going to be the uh, median or the mean across all uh, of those demographic breakdowns anymore. It's going to be for the lowest common denominator, if you will. Now, the Canadians are having a little bit of trouble. And, you know, they got this goofy law now, legislation back, which would allow the U.S. to buy prescription drugs from the Canadian uh, pharmacy system. The Canadians do not want to do this because their pricing is negotiated with the companies based on their population. And if they, if the United States tries to do a backdoor uh, purchase through Canada, which is 10% the size of the United States, the pharma companies are going to shut that down. Uh, 
So that's not going to work, and the Canadians aren't going to like that. So if you want to go with the Canadian-style system, guess what? You're going to have to ram it through on reconciliation. And they will. But this whole Canadian gambit is, is goofy. But here's what's going on up there. As Canadians brace for new rules to address prescription drug spending, a government report found sales of patented medicines rose a modest 3.5%, which uh, prices are stable, but a growing number of increasingly expensive specialized treatments are driving overall costs higher. Biologics, cancer therapies now account for half of all sales of patented medicines in the country, which is up from 10% less than 10 years ago because this stuff works. It saves people's lives. But guess what? It's expensive. So what are you going to do? Well, I have a feeling I know what they're going to do. Because, you know, they're making people all the time, right? So if you got somebody who's 65 or 70 and they need a, dr- a real expensive drug to get to be 75, I don't think so. One hesitates to use the word death panel, but, you know, you're going to end up rationing that stuff or else you're going to bust the budget. And the Canadians can't really print money as easily as we can. So the FDA approved the first personalized cell therapy to treat patients with an advanced multiple myeloma that is no longer responsive to four or more previous lines of therapy. And this is an example of one of those very expensive drugs. It's going to be marketed under the brand name ABECMA, Abecma. It's a Bluebird product, B-L-U-E, symbol B-L-U-E, which we don't have uh, at New Gym Ventures, but I had on my biotech watch list. So if we can scale this thing, we can start taking the New Gym Biotech Fund, we can start taking positions in stocks like this and be positioned to grab the pop. Uh, Glaxo and Veer Biotech, B-I-R, that's another one on our biotech following list, uh, submitted a EUA authorization, an EUA request for their COVID monoclonal antibody, according to Pharma Times. Uh, and they've done the phase three, 85% reduction in hospitalization or death in patients compared to placebo, which is great. In fact, they halted the trial due to evidence of profound efficacy. So that's going to that's gonna get approved, in my mind. 99% chance. I don't know if that's something where you're late or not, but, um, you know, that's, that's one we had an eye on. And again, you know, when, when, I say when, but if and when we get a broker-dealer arrangement, we can start raising money. So we can be positioned for these things. Because that's what it's all about, you know. We're doing the hokey pokey here. And I try not to be too hokey and not too pokey either. I mean, at my age. But um, that's what it's all about. So we are trying to make some big alpha here, guys. And uh, Another one I, I looked at today is a stock called FAN, F-A-N symbol. And what that is is wind power, okay? And, uh, you know, the windmills of your mind uh, comes to mind from the umbrellas of Sherberg, those of you who are t- 
Mariner Classic Movies fans have probably seen that with Catherine Deneuve, of course. As a young, very young Catherine Deneuve. But anyway, uh, you know, this wind thing going to be big and the Kennedys are going to be unhappy. I just posted something out in the exciting Nugent Ventures LinkedIn page. Uh, we are rocking and rolling was the quote from uh, an administration spokesperson. They're fast-tracking all this wind stuff. And I remember the Kennedys were complaining about that being off of Martha's Vineyard, you know, spoiling their view. So, you know, it's not just Republicans that have mixed emotions about windmills. So, anyway, they're going to be putting these windmills up, you know, like uh, dandelions in the Chicago Park District in the spring. And so there's money to be made there, boys and girls, and everything in between. So FAN is an ETF. The trades on that, I just ran that by my investment advisor, and uh, he's heard that from other people. So that might be one to look at. And another one I just started following today, by the way, and I haven't really vetted this at all. But let me see if I can find it. This was a suggestion from somebody whose opinion I respect, an industry, former industry insider. So it's not inside information. But this particular individual knows whereof he speaks. Let's see here. Symbol is H-G-E-N. The story is very positive data versus COVID. And let me see if I can tell you what the name of that stock is. Which I should be able to do very easily. Yeah, you manage it. Uh, so this thing's been up and down over the years. It's been as high as yeah. right now it's at twenty one. I'm having trouble getting to the right point on the chart. Yeah, it's been pretty steady in that it it just went up eight percent. Or no, it just went up eight bucks. It just went up fifty-seven percent. So maybe late on that, but uh, take a look at that if you're so inclined. So anyway, that's it. Um, that's the Pharmalite uh, report for today from Ed Silverman, and now you know what he knows, and you know what I know. So uh, have a good day. Live long, prosper. Uh, do share the podcast with other people. So that I don't feel like uh, I'm talking to myself here. And we'll uh, talk to you later. Bye-bye.